This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Hi, and uh, welcome to Series 2 of UK Coaching's Coach Developer Conversations podcast. My name is Marianne Davies, and I'm a Senior Coach Developer here with UK Coaching. I'm here chatting with Derek O'Riordan, who is Partnership Manager with Sports Scotland. He's a coach developer with Scottish Rugby and Hearts Football Club and is deployed more broadly throughout uh, the Scottish Institute of Sport with, with various other sports. I do hope you enjoy this conversation. We're talking about coach development in general, changes in coach education and understanding the social cultural influences behind many different sports and the pedagogies and other influences of kind of where coaches get their understanding and knowledge from. We'll also be having a conversation about how we understand coach development is effective um, representative coach development rather than having it inside uh, in, a, in a classroom we'll be chatting a little bit about uh, changes in assessment of uh, coaching and coach development and, and what our hopes are for the uh, changing landscape going forwards in uh, for the next couple of years yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm a partnership manager within the the coaching team. Uh, uh, technically, my, my my title is is partnership manager for people development, um, and largely uh, uh, the core of what I do is I work across uh, six sports, um, uh, working alongside them to understand and help them develop their coaching systems. Uh, so I work with judo, uh, uh, equestrian or horse Scotland, uh, basketball, cycling, triathlon, and swimming. Uh, and then I also work across a couple of a couple of broader projects. Uh, uh, one one in partnership with the with our sports institute around how we do, how do we develop learning for for high performance coaches within our system. Um, so we're, at the moment we're just going through a process where we're trying to identify some 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 problems that we may want to try and solve or understand further or try and manage uh, to try and um, uh, drive up uh, uh, high performance coaches within within within. Uh, that space uh, and also I suppose the, the big meaty project that I'm that I'm focusing on at the moment for the past two years uh, is uh, our response to a retiring UKCC in Scotland so we retired the UKCC framework uh, on the 31st of March uh, of this year uh, and a large part of what I've been doing for the last two years is to understand how we might respond to that uh, and doing that in partnership with with the Chartered Institute for the Management of Sport and Physical Activity uh, the Scottish Qualifications Authority, uh, and with a with a group of sports within the sector, uh, to look at how we might um, redesign, uh, reconceptualise what what coach education uh, could be uh, relative to the needs of coaches and coaching uh, in Scotland, um, and and underpinning that I think is a is another nice wee project where uh, we're trying to work with. Um, Performance directors and uh, and uh, coaching managers within governing bodies to uh, come together around that redesign of the quals to ensure that there is a degree of alignment between um, what we're trying to do around the development of athletes and ensuring uh, we're developing coaches uh, in line or aligned or integrated uh, with that. So, uh, so yeah, I suppose um, my role within Sports Scotland largely is as a as a system builder. Okay, so you're so it's, the, it's a, a wider part of that coach development. You're creating the environment for the coach developers to be able to work in. Essentially, is that yeah? To to, to a degree, I think um, 
when you when you consider the the changes that we're trying to make uh, within coach education, and uh, we're trying to look at a at a world where um, beyond level one, uh, coach education happens where coaching happens, um, <laughs> and so uh, we're looking at more um, situated formative assessment as part of that qualification, as opposed to um, simulated assessment uh, in the context of of a course or a classroom or at a club or a venue somewhere um, uh, we need to get away from that assumption that we could uh, teach uh, coaches uh, some new knowledge about uh, how to coach what to coach uh, and expect that to come to life in the context of their own environment uh, I think we need to start there and understand uh, what knowledge they may require in order to uh, kick on move on shape their practice uh, relative to the contextual needs of their of their own environment um, and, I, and I think going into that space creates the conditions for, for, for situated coach development to happen broadly across the system because we create that culture of um, it's okay for somebody to come in and observe my practice uh, in, a very, in a very non-judgmental way. So there's a strategic element uh, uh, around, around refocusing uh, or rebalancing coach education towards being more situated and less, less simulated and classroom-based. So if I understand, basically what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is we've, um, so we've, we've, got, we've got this understanding that for coaches working with athletes, what's really important is that they are able to work with the athletes in an environment that are more representative of their performance environment. So getting away again from this idea of simulators, skills and drills, kicking ball around homes, etc. Um, and working with the athletes in a way that's much more um, authentic and representative of the work that they do. Right. And it sounds like finally there's been this step change into actually applying that recognition of how we learn to the coach and saying, well, actually, maybe we need to look at the coach in the environment in which they learn and support them in being able to pick up the information that is specifying for them in their line of work and to make decisions that are representative in an environment that's representative and allow them to make mistakes and explore and experiment. Would that, would that be a fair summation? That would be a pretty, pretty fair summation. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. And uh, although it sounds uh, really common sense when you, when you put it in that way, it's, it's very much not commonplace within the yeah. spectre of coach education at the moment. No, I, and I certainly, I'm not sure if your, your experience is similar to uh, early experience to mine, and it was one of the questions I was going to ask you, that um, you know, I would regularly find myself when I was a, a coaching manager of, of, an, of a national governing body, um, having inherited this system where we did orientations, moderations, um, and, and, uh, all the, and all the sort of coach education for the coach educators in a classroom, and it was all sort of theory. And then we expected them to walk out of that classroom at the end of the day, having learned it all, conceptualized it, made it, made it make sense, put it into practice, and they would go away. And I'd often hear people going, they'd walking out saying, oh, they've just decided to rename it. They always do this. Just ignore them and carry on doing the same thing, kind of, kind of thing. Um, and I very, you know, I started to, in my work, realize that actually, one of the things that was interesting was, was starting to do the orientations and the moderations in situ 
so it would normally be on flat water but i get certainly fed up about the the, the safety stuff as well um have it so that we're actually on the water doing it rather than a classroom giving them information and two things happened that well the first three actually the first thing that happened is that people didn't want to turn up because they thought they were going to be judged and kicked out or they'd lose their qualifications so i realized and that was part of the system wasn't there was this bigger problem that i had to address in terms of making the coaches feel safe and the coach educators feel safe before they would turn up and work in that way and then the next thing that happened was that um i you know the the level of learning was very different we had to cover less but a lot more stuck if that makes sense and then the third thing that i didn't expect which was amazing is that i learned loads from them that it came to be the space where we of co-creation because actually these were the people who were out doing it day in day out at the call face doing slightly different things and when we all came together and i made um as much effort as possible to make it a safe space suddenly there was so much learning that was a mixture of top down and bottom up no 100 percent, and i i think um in some of the exchanges that we had over over Twitter, I think I mentioned to you one one evening that dialogue is perhaps the the, the missing ingredient within coach education. Um, and I think back to I started my journey as a coach educator in two thousand and nine uh, with with Scottish rugby, and you know I did some training in in the December, and and lo and behold, I was unleashed upon uh, on a cohort in January. Uh, and bearing in mind. Uh, I was really only a coach for six months in advance of that. And, and I think uh, we were working off a syllabus, which was fairly easy for me to just um, repeat uh, over and over again um, by way of transmitting what, what is on sheets of paper uh, for coaches to uh, receive or assimilate without necessarily working with them to understand how that fits with their worldview. Um, and when I look back at it now, I really struggle um, with that because uh, we're potentially arming them with knowledge that doesn't make any sense uh, to them relative to the, to the athletes that they're working with or the context of the environment they're working in. Um, and, and it strikes me that uh, the coach is, is, uh, is the expert of their own experience or on their own experience. Uh, and we need to be working with them through a degree of dialogue, through conversation to understand uh, what those experiences are. So in essence, meet the coach where they are uh, and support them in designing an intervention or drawing their attention towards theories, concepts, frameworks and ways of coaching uh, that might uh, uh, support them uh, to move on their coaching practice, should that, of course, be what what it is that they're after. Um, Naturally, there will be coaches that come to you that simply want the the textbook. (laughs) They want the resources. They want the knowledge. Um, uh, and again, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think we need to uh, work with those co- coaches in a non, non-judgmental way as well, because not all coaches are ready to uh, to be enlightened uh, uh, or um, to have their uh, their attention drawn to um, completely different ways in which they could look at coaching mm-hmm. or the ways in which they could develop their athletes. So I suppose there's a fine balance between uh, what I know now and, and and the practice of coach development with what that coach is ready for if that if that makes sense i don't know if you've experienced much yeah. of that through coaching i am um, I, I again i'll just check check my understanding of that that um i i guess if i was to just make that really simple it's we we often have to 
um, meet the expectations of the coach that we're working with. And if, and if they've been immersed in a particular coaching culture and we could turn up with something else, then that kind of doesn't match and it, it might be a bit threatening. Um, and interestingly, um, I come across some of the youngsters who haven't had any coach education who find thinking about things differently very easy. So it, it, it's like it's how much investment or how, how either investment in coach education or investment in being an athlete within a certain environment that, that has shaped a perception that maybe hasn't been questioned as much as it could be. Yeah, I think a lot of that's done to schooling as well. And you look at the generational differences in terms of how uh, people are educated through a national curriculum. Uh, and uh, I grew up in, in Ireland in a fairly uh, conservative Catholic society where uh, you were expected to um, memorise uh, a content to regurgitate within an exam without necessarily questioning the content uh, that, that you, were being, <laughs> yeah. you were being offered. And I think... Um, to, to some extent, coach education is like that. I mean, if I if I go back uh, and even do a straw poll of coaches who are operating within uh, within rugby just now, and I ask them what approaches do you take to coaching, ninety uh, percent of them, ninety five percent of them would probably say whole part whole. That that would be their that would be their first response because that is the that's the cornerstone of of, <laughs> of, of yeah. ed for us up here. Um, uh, you know, it's it's planned to review and it's whole part whole and. Really, nothing has nothing has changed in ten ten years. Really, around around that, and, some uh, idea. and that makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's um, although um, and, and again, it'll be interesting if you said the same thing. At first, and it might just be that you know I'm working in a different environment, but it feels like there's been, although it is becoming, um, more change. So the rate of change is increasing over the last few years and I'm having conversations with coach educators and mentors and coach developers that I can't imagine I would have been able to have even two or three years ago. No I don't disagree and I think Twitter uh, is a is a great vehicle for that and certainly the the quality conversations that I see happening I'm learning stuff on Twitter every day but naturally you're going to take that with a pinch of salt and take it yeah. <laughs> uh, for what it is you've, you've got to do you've got to do your background after you after you do that but it's a great place to um offer up some of your musings uh, and in some cases have them ripped apart for you to think well actually maybe i didn't i didn't quite get that right or i'm not thinking about that in the right way um uh, some people think it's uh it's not so safe so it, it depends on depends on your view of uh, and your willingness to to have some of your ideas torn apart. Um, but I also see it sometimes as a bit of an echo chamber in terms of uh, ideas not being questioned. Uh, uh, and we, again, we talked about this before, the, uh, a level of tribalism <laughs> uh, on social media around uh, differing perspectives on what coaching is. Yeah, I, I, I really am leaning more into um, this idea that there is, there is no one right approach. There are many approaches uh, to coaching practice. Uh, and you will draw down upon uh, or lean into the right approach relative to what uh, the needs are uh, for your athletes uh, or your athlete right now. Um, and I suppose that, that comes down to your ability as a coach to meet uh, people where they are uh, um, rather than uh, having this really neat plan that you're trying to get through 
it's uh, it's almost a, that continuous check-in um, to uh, to understand where where someone are, is at any given uh, moment in time to be able to design the right intervention relative to what their needs are. Hopefully, that's not a waffle, but uh, yeah, no, it's certainly where, I, where I'm starting <laughs> to lean in. Yeah, I I I, I do. I've had a, um, a a lot of conversations recently um, with some people who sort of go, "This is this way, or there's this way," and if you do this, you just do these behaviours. And I'm like, "No, you know that you know having an understanding. You it means that maybe you have a you know the 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 broader your understanding and the more awareness you have about why you're choosing something, whether you think that's right or 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 or, or not, um, or how how confident you are that any one thing could be because after all these are all psychology isn't it it's not you know it's it's a science of best guesses really and I probably get shot for that as a scientist (laughs) 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 I still still have to go do you know what we can't be we can't there's no absolutes and but but when we have that then the more understanding we have we might still do the same thing an outsider might look at us and think we've done the same thing but hopefully the decision making that sits behind it is a little more nuanced and a little more um, has a little more awareness to it. Yeah, and to some degree, at the time, at the time, you may not have a, a, a level of awareness around what what it is that you're doing. You just act uh, instinctively or, or or responding to uh, to a moment of need. And I, I think. Um, probably just to hold my hands up a year ago I probably would have been the person who was wrestling with new concepts and ideas and uh, um, and uh, some people would appear would think that my opinion was was pretty discursive and uh, one month I was thinking one thing and another month I was thinking another but but that's just a natural process you go through when yeah. um, when you're trying to um, not develop a develop a view but um, when you try to absorb so much knowledge that uh, there are times where where you've got to just hold back and recognise everything works to a degree. <laughs> um, um, but it, it's just developing an understanding of, of uh, when it works and why is probably more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So, you, again, you might see the same behaviour, but it's, it's, it's actually understanding what's, what sits behind that. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, so, I, I guess, from a coach-developer perspective... Um, what what would be really interesting to me is is what do you think the key things we do as coach developers that support coaches to to become more skillful? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a question I'm 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 still wrestling with. My my, my practice is still um, relatively novice. I've been in the game. I would say as a coach developer, two years, but there there are there are two views that I have at certainly at the moment around around how a coach developer operates, and um, it, it largely sits uh, in or across uh, two camps. Uh, there are times where you need um, uh, to be offering a coach support, which might be things uh, not necessarily representative of their needs as a as a as a practitioner, um, but as a human. Uh, and then there's the other aspect of it uh, where you are uh, helping them develop um, their coaching practice. Um, and you could be in one camp or the other or sat in both uh, at any given time uh, relative to where the coach is at uh, uh, upon such time as you arrive in their environment or you sit in a coffee shop to have a conversation. Uh, generally, how the coach arrives at that conversation is 
uh, will 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 shape and frame uh, how that conversation is going to go. So um, I, I couldn't give you a definitive answer as to as to where I see my coach development practice because it really depends on how the coach shows up uh, at any given time. Does that, hopefully that, that that makes sense. Meeting them where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> it's always one of my favorite it is one of yeah it's definitely one of the things that I try and especially uh, like you say when I uh, I sort of get a little bit um uh, those times when I think oh this is how it should be and I go actually that that doesn't work in you know you, you have to meet somebody like where they are and then like you say you have that that dialogue in the conversation about moving 100%. and that and acknowledge that that, that you know what I might be doing is some sense making but but I help them find some way that maybe neither of us knew existed as an answer <laughs> that keeps me from holding on to the having the answer <laughs> you describe can you describe what that looks like that sounds amazing yeah so the idea of a dialogue is I you know I've got I've got my knowledge base and the things that I think I'm doing and I understand, and then my coach has probably got a different one. But if I if I if I sort of assume that maybe the the right answer or the reality sits maybe outside of both of us, and I make mm-hmm. our understandings bigger by having that dialogue, then hopefully we'll find something. But it might not be what I bring to the table in the first place or what they bring to the table in the first place. So instead of sort of defending your position, you both expand a position with an understanding that the answer might be somewhere that, that, that wasn't there in the first place. And it's just, for me, it's a good way of keeping in my head that I'm looking to keep furthering both of our understanding through supporting yeah. that sense-making rather than thinking I turn up with the answer. No, I, I think that's a that's a really <laughs> nice way of describing uh, some of your practice. And I think, yeah. I, I think I think at times, um, and I go back to the uh, the colleagues that you had uh, on the po- on the podcast in the past. I think sometimes it's perhaps nice to share the view of of a coach developer who's still uh, making their way and still trying to make sense of what their practice is uh, right now and what it could be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think uh, I, I listened to. Um, a podcast recently, I think it was a John O'Sullivan one, where uh, Ben Freakley was on, and he talked about the writing reflex. Um, and I don't know whether or not you heard it, but it, it struck a chord with me, um, certainly around the early uh, relationships I had uh, as a coach developer, where um, if, a, if a coach displayed some behaviours or some practice that was uh, at odds with uh, with my view of what coaching is, I felt the need to step in or or present as you said, a, a differing view as to as to how I conceptualise coaching, which actually is in no way fair uh, uh, to the coach, because uh, my my history, my biography, my experiences as as a human being, as an athlete, as a coach, uh, as a coach developer, has informed my view. And I think um, as I'm as I'm moving on, I'm I'm I'm, I'm still struggling with it to a degree, but uh, I'm learning more and more to leave my opinion at the door. Uh, and to go in with a fairly with a fairly open mind uh, as to as to what I can see, um, and then as much as I'm trying to make uh, a sense of that myself, I'm, I'm also trying to support the coach to make sense of of that experience. Um, and I think you're right. There's there's uh, things that we both can learn uh, from from those experiences. I mean, I've done some coach development in in basketball and 
in triathlon and uh, in golf and in football and naturally naturally in rugby as well. Uh, and in each of those sports, uh, I'm seeing completely different things that can not only inform how I operate as a coach, uh, but it's teaching me new things about uh, how I can operate as a, as a coach developer simply because of the cultures of the sports being different and the folk pedagogies within the sport being completely different. Uh, and for me to form a view uh, or to cast an aspersion or to make a judgment, which is something that we, we don't necessarily want to do, uh, I need to fundamentally understand where those pedagogies are coming from, where their practice is coming from. And in some cases, that means going away and just doing your research before you you start engaging in any sort of feedback or conversation with the, with the coach, because you could be making assumptions uh, and they would go, well, that's, that's simply the way that we do things <laughs> around here. And you've got to work with that rather than trying to work against that as a coach developer, because we're not there to change the culture of sport. <laughs> we're there to shine a light, shine a, shine a light on some things that we're curious about that might um, that might make a coach think about uh, think about the way in which they practice. Um, so yeah, I suppose that that's that's to me where I'm at. <laughs> Fascinating. I'm just leading to that thinking that there's a little bit of me that also wants to change some of the bits in the culture, but. <laughs> Like so, like we're made also, you know. Yeah, there's there's little bits. Like, and and I guess, but that's that's something different, isn't it? I think that's something maybe that um, that we do as a bigger group by by having that influence and having people maybe checking and challenging the status quo of those cultures that they end up in. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, um, if I if I look at some of the work that I'm doing at the moment around uh, around a project I'm doing on on stress and burnout in, for high performance coaches uh, and if you as a coach developer are uh, are situated in an environment where you get a sense of where you're sensitized to the fact that a coach is um, is burned out um, then absolutely there there is a call for um, understanding uh, wh- why it is so um, and uh, you know, through conversations with other people, and and uh, and uh, probably somebody who's supporting my coach development practice in particular, traditionally I probably would have looked at the coach as the problem, uh, and the coach is a, is a, is the uh, is the problem that we need to fix. Um, so, what is wrong with the coach to make them burnt out? Uh, but in reality, there is a there is potentially a bit of a dark side to coach development in that. Um, Maybe maybe the coach being burned out or or being stressed out is a perfectly reasonable response uh, to the conditions that they're working in, and so us as coach developers, I believe, uh, have a role to play uh, in in shaping or influencing uh, the working conditions uh, for that coach, and that might mean triangulating with the coach with the with the with the PD or the performance manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we as coach developers need to be confident enough and, and competent enough to be able to step in in that context um, because that might be the right intervention for the coach. Um, so hopefully I'm, I'm making sense in that, that uh, I would support the idea that, that the coach developer doesn't work in isolation. I think the coach developer works in partnership with the PD and the coach around the development of the coach's practice because there are certain things that we are in control of and there's a lot that we're not uh, and I suppose there, there may be things arise at times where you know, we might want to work in collaboration with the PD or in collaboration with the coach to shape, the coach to shape some of the PD's thinking. Um, 
And I think that's crucially important around how we triangulate appropriately as coach developers. Just while I'm listening to you there, one of the things that, that sort of popped into my head was the that, that maybe um, what's happening nowadays with with this role of a coach developer um, be, being somebody who's not necessarily stuck in one sport um, that that maybe it's an opportunity to recognize actually that those individual um, completely individual cultures that, that the sports have and to be able to have some fresh eyes and questioning on those as well that I you know maybe maybe historically uh, certainly the sports that I've worked in the the coaches at a high level and I mean they were brilliant coaches but what they tended to do was go from being an athlete to a coach with no no coach development at all and so the um you know the bits that are brilliant are brilliant but the bits that might be blind spots about that particular um sports culture Mm-hmm. Are also they're also blind you know sort of like not questioned because that's just the way it is the way it's always has been and um you know and, I've, and I'm thinking if I think about some of the things I've heard and obviously I'm not going to I'm not going to say which sports but things like oh you know people have to have a really trauma you know people who are brilliant tend to be ones that have had a traumatic experience or you have to be really tough on athletes to get the best out of them so that there'll be like these particular um you know beliefs that that become quite embedded within a sports culture that that when you have people going into coaching and coach education that are that just stay in one culture they kind of get stuck there but what I'm seeing now is that more coach developers in that role are working across sports and starting to actually help people get a slightly different lens on recognizing that, that that what's reality in one place isn't reality in another and then maybe it's okay to question it <laughs> does that make sense no no for sure and I think um, uh, shining a light on on uh, on the fact that the system that the coach operates in is pretty dysfunctional uh, at times um, uh, is is very useful uh, uh, and creates a really nice wedge for 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 some things to happen um, there are times where you might not want to shine a light on the fact that it's uh, that it's that it's dysfunctional uh, uh, equally because uh, that could do more harm than good. But um, I think it's um, uh, Andrew Gillett um, uh, gifted me a, a quote uh, around uh, you know it's no measure of good health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society, mm-hmm. um, and that really struck a chord for me and, and shifted my view around um, how I'm looking at my my research and stress and burnout to be less around um, the coach as a problem, um, but more around uh, what can we do within the system uh, to mitigate some of the factors uh, around um, uh, the level of control a coach has, for example, or autonomy they have within within their environment. Uh, what's their workload like? Uh, what are the interpersonal relationships like? Uh, uh, to what extent uh, can they manage up, can they manage across? Can they choose their people? Um, uh, all of these factors where you're, de- you're operating within a people business and uh, generally people who are operating within a people business are the ones who are most susceptible to burnout. Um, uh, and so we, we need to um, support the system to understand that uh, in order to provide um, the right care, uh, uh, the right uh, recovery, uh, the right support.
uh, for coaches who are operating within that within that space. Um, yeah, hopefully that makes that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it does, and it, it seems like I'm just sort of like mindful of the time and thinking actually that's quite a nice place to sort of move towards. Um, but before we finish, I think and and, and hopefully it it, it, move, it sort of like moves on nicely. I'm thinking about opportunity um, and and maybe things that might change from the environment we're in now because it actually we're in the middle of probably the biggest disruption well I hope the biggest disruption any of us are likely to see in our lifetime in terms of COVID-19 and changes in the way in which coach developer role is viewed and possibly the way in which developing coach developer role will be funded and um, and and, um, I'm sort of very you know I believe that when you have that kind of big perturbation then there's an opportunity for change that would normally not be there, you know, because because the, this is the way we've always done it, so this is the way we're always going to do it. Gets gets disrupted, and 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 um, so I, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, what what do you or you know, if you could, um, you know, if if the the best thing that could happen from this for you, what would it be in terms of changes? to the way coach developing and coaching works going forwards if we had an opportunity in this disruption to change coach yeah. coach development <laughs> um well that's a that's a fairly that's a fairly big question to chuck at someone i think if i, if I look at it if I, a little bit <laughs> you know if, 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 if i bring it back to the to the context of um of the work that I do at the moment, it's uh, it's making making best use of, of technology to make coaches feel connected uh, to potential support networks that sit around them. To to one uh, help support them in terms of their coaching practice, um, but to um, just making them feel like they have uh, that someone that they can talk to around uh, issues, problems that they're facing within their coaching, or making sense of some things that are going on for them right now. Uh, as a coach now when you consider the coach developers largely were concerned with certainly within my practice was uh, putting a bag over your back uh, going out to somebody's environment uh, filming generating data for a couple of hours going away processing that data uh, to then follow up in a coffee shop uh, with a coach later on uh, it just seemed very sort of formal and formulaic mm. uh, actually the the coach can access you with the click of a button now through uh, a digital platform uh, and we can sit and have conversations at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, seven o'clock in the morning. Now there's a bad side to that. Yeah. Um, but, but if we're truly there for a coach, we're there for them at a moment of need and whenever they need. And I suppose the, the level of accessibility for the coach into the coach developer, uh, I think can only be a good thing. That, that's, that's perhaps number one. Uh, I think the other thing is around, um, the delivery of coach education and learning for coaches uh, and actually getting away from the classroom I think would be would be a big paradigm shift uh, for me I think we've had 10 15 20 years of let's get 20 people into a classroom let's deliver them some slides uh, let's show them some concepts on court uh, and uh, assume that they're going to get better within the context of their own environment uh, actually why doesn't the coach upload a video uh, why don't we why don't we code that video uh, 
identify things that we're really curious about in that video uh, and then uh, signpost direct uh, um, share some ideas on some concepts that the coach might want to go away and research and come back to you and have a conversation around it um, uh, and I think w we may have had this conversation before around we don't necessarily teach coaches early enough within the coach education pathway how to construct new knowledge for themselves and how that new knowledge can then be applied in practice. Um, and if there's one thing for me around uh, how I want to change coach education, it's, it's bringing that in or sequencing that aspect uh, of the coach's learner journey as early as possible. Um, because if I think about my own experience, um, I only started wrestling with that when I started doing my UKCC level four. And by then it was too late um, because some of my practice was too erroneous and too entrenched. Um, and actually, if we, if we had started introducing some of those concepts around uh, understanding who you are, understanding your worldview um, at level one or level two to a degree, uh, then suddenly you'll have coaches starting to wrestle with, experiment with mm. uh, ideas uh, in and around coaching that, uh, that are new, uh, uh, that are new to them uh, as opposed to yeah sorry I know I was just thinking so I've I've got a question for you around that if if we get to the stage where coaches are working with their their youngsters so the young athletes within the academies and things in a more co sort of co-creative way so more autonomy has been given to the young athletes more decision making more input into those sessions and things and um, then do you agree that possibly we get to the stage where even before they arrive at a level one coach quality education, they're already actually fairly well rounded coaches because they've had so much more input. They haven't just been told what to do and, you know, co coaches, God, and they're going to give you the, the drills and you go off and do it. That, that actually, if we change the way the coaching works, then, then we're going to get a knock-on effect in, in the quality of people coming through into coach education. Oh, 100%. And it goes, it goes back to my system builder hat. So if, if I consider the six sports that I work with, um, we, we've started our relationships uh, relatively recently, probably since, uh, since November time. The first question I ask when I go into that sport is what do you believe to be coaching effectiveness? Yeah. Um, and they might... Uh, some would say this is what we believe it to be. Uh, some might say, well, actually, we don't necessarily know. Uh, and the ones who do have a view of what coaching effectiveness is for their sport, when you ask them, how do they know that to be true? So how do they substantiate that view? How do they justify that view? Uh, and how do they know within a top-down approach on an institutional level that their view of coaching practice uh, yeah. is how coaching, coaching unfolds in the context of the coalface? That's a whole new podcast, I think, because for me, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I th and I think that that's yeah that that, that, that drives at the heart of, yeah. of 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 coach education for me, and I think yeah, and and it, it's probably in line with with the the approach that we've taken around the design is is we've gotten uh, Bob Muir told me um, a really neat story about about Pat Duffy. Uh, which which helped shape our approach and he talked about um pat having a photo of a i think he said a girl on a bike in his office that he called hope uh, and uh, everything that he was doing around designing coach education was for hope uh, and when he conceptualized starting with the end of mind it was around designing coach ed uh, around uh, what the experience of coaching would be like uh, for somebody like hope 
for someone like I'm, I'm paraphrasing a wee bit, but but you get the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 one of the things that um, that I I still find interesting and be and again interesting um, see what your your view of this is that you know I I think coming from the research that I did half a lifetime ago 25 years ago my first paper was published on contextual interference which is basically looking at you know how how we measure learning um therefore how we measure you know like what what is good coaching hopefully it's it's an improvement in learning and yet even then there was a recognition that actually the the performance level at the end of an intervention has got practically no, no no sort of influence on actually how much has been learned except it's probably an inverse relationship so if it looks pretty at the end which is why people do stick to the skills and drills and the coach giving the answers it's likely that it will drop in retention and transfer and if it doesn't look quite so great because the athlete's been making more decisions a little more effortful um then usually performance improves at the next session and yet that is still seems to be quite missing from what I see in a lot of coaching coach education and I, you know, and the, the coach assessments that I do, we're still asked to assess an improvement in performance over 40 minutes, an hour session. So we're still driving that illusion that good coaching is making somebody look more effective at the end of a short intervention. And then that drives a whole world of, I think it goes back to the way in which. So, I had a conversation with a with a sport yesterday, who I'm who I'm supporting with a with a webinar tomorrow, um, and the uh, the sport is handball, and I suppose the the example there I gave is to perhaps why you don't see a whole lot of unstructured uh, practice in coach in the in the context of the coaching environment is because um, the way in which uh, coaches search for innovation or novelty uh, uh, in how the sport could be coached or how they may coach um, is contingent on uh, the depth of understanding they have uh, of how the sport can be played. So what are the performance problems? Uh, What are the parameters within the sport? Um, uh, How often do I sit and think about it? How I'm developing performance solutions to those performance problems and actually how comfortable am I with the athlete uh, generating those performance solutions performance problems but you look at um at that sport it's probably one generation old in in the uk maybe two generations older than the uk so the knowledge that they have on that is inherited from the eastern bloc or from scandinavia and of course of course they're going to go with the formula because it's it's somebody else's knowledge that they're just regurgitating right Uh, it's it's not their own whereas if you look at a at a well-established sport like a like a hockey or rugby where um, you know, people are students of the game. Uh, you generally see a lot of a lot of novelty around how maybe an ecological approach might be applied within the context of those uh, environments, uh, or uh, using uh, teaching games for understanding, or using conditioned games or modified games. Coaches seem to be a lot more comfortable with that because uh, of the depth of understanding of how the sport could be played. Um, I think I think there are some sports where uh, people are still trying to figure it out. Uh, and until they do, uh, we're not going to see novelty or innovation because it's just a regurgitation of of, of knowledge uh, that isn't their own. <laughs> and so it wasn't constructive. 
yeah. they didn't they didn't, they didn't construct that knowledge somebody else constructed it for them else constructed it. so that, that so they're still trying to actually get a grips and an understanding of that yeah yeah and, and it's and for me that's the most interesting thing so it's a coach developer we're looking at the, the sort of you know supporting the coach to you know uh, understand the pedagogy that they use understand reflective practice and and things like this and um and then recognizing that actually that still requires um a certain amount of depth of understanding in order to that yeah. be effective because a reflective practice from somebody who has actually got hasn't yet built a broader um understanding um it is, is it, you know, it's quite restricted, isn't it? So it's quite interesting. When I think about coach development, there's actually, there's still these layers to it that, that actually sometimes I feel you then get step into more of a coach educator or what are these other roles that sit within a coach development that, that you then move into to meet somebody where they're at, as it were. So. No, for sure. And it makes me think a little bit around um, Dave Collins's P, PJDM stuff. And um, you look at decision-making and, uh, naturalistic decision making or intuitive decision making doesn't come from nowhere it comes yeah. from a knowledge base yeah and so um there is a view around coaching isn't all x's and o's but x's and o's is still important right <laughs> uh, because uh, because without those without those x's and o's you don't have the the fundamental knowledge base uh, uh to be able to to solve performance problems because all you're ever going to see is within the confines of of the limitations of the knowledge that you have of that sport yeah. uh, and uh, and i suppose as a as a coach developer uh, part of your role is uh, is to a degree questioning their knowledge or, or their uh, their internal representations of technically tactically how that how that sport could and should be played so there is an element where you're constantly questioning their mental models yeah. uh, or their representations of what 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 the sport is what it is and um, brilliant I think I'm, I'm very aware that uh, uh, what the time is and we're very close to an, an hour and I could carry yeah, on nothing, yeah I could I could just carry on talking I think you know for me one of the things that um I that I would like to see going forward and I hope will happen is you know that there is like this explosion of information and um, we were going to talk a little bit about how to navigate that but we've, we've we've kind of run out but one of the ways to navigate it is for us to to do things like this and to, to have podcasts and, to, and talk to other coach developers um but i i i my hope is that having this sort of more things for people to access things like podcasts that we do these coach developer conversations um the type of blogs that you write which are brilliant i hope and we'll certainly link something to this um and and this other information is is expanding the the sort of cultural diversity within all of the sports and i hope that one of the things that will change from that is that 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 will make it more inclusive just by that expansion that, that there will it'll feel a nicer place you know I, I talk about you know feeling that I belong in a sport as a woman and that's just one bit you know and it's not just changing the sign on the door you know someone's saying this is our culture but we'll put a sign on saying women welcome and you go I still don't want to go in there that's not that's a toxic culture for me as a woman whereas I think that this this change of culture is so different and will hopefully genuinely make a lot of these sports more inclusive no for sure and, and i think um probably my, my my parting thought really is is just around how do we find the middle ground around um where we can all recognize 
um, that our views or what we're talking about, what coaching practice could be. How, how is it, how is it similar? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think, I think too, too often we're we're just talking about how things are different, and we we see we see polarized opinion uh, on social media and uh, one person's view over the other. When actually, yeah. can we just have a real a reality conversation around how our views could be the same? I'd like the dialogue again and the and and that it that it's inclusive but it still includes the people who were there first it's not threatening for for for, for those already in the culture so. no for sure and when when and you've got people like me who are still trying to figure things out yeah <laughs> the middle the middle ground is a nice place to be um because it can be quite a confusing space when you're looking left and right yeah. <laughs> and there's very little making sense in the middle yeah i i i also think that it will become much more um uh, usual and accepted that we spend our entire life there. You know, I still think I'm. I learn so much all the time, and 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 I intend to stay in that space. You know, if I ever get to the stage where I think I've got the answers, I probably need to question myself. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> So, For sure. so we used to have to, you know, you know, we, I remember as a, as a level one coach thinking I should have the answers. So that's the really nice bit. <laughs> no, that's cool. That, that, that I don't need to at this stage. So brilliant. Thank you so much, Derek. No, I, thanks I, for having me on. Hopefully I wasn't too scatty. Believe how quickly that went. We could have just carried on chatting. And I, and I think hopefully one of the things that people will get from this and is that, you know, there isn't just, any one answer for any of this and as coach developers that you know we're finding pathways and ways to do things and okay we might end up with these sort of simple standards you've got a slightly different thing haven't you in, in Scotland but but again this is all about us being able to meet the needs of the people we work with and no for sure I, I, yeah, we've, we've got simple standards but but we've just done, a, done them a different way so we, we've yeah. we've we've systemized the standards rather than uh, each sport having to engage with them themselves yeah, eventually. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Derek. And thank, no worries. You, thank you for giving your time at this time of night as well. No worries, Marianne. All, right. All the best. And thank you. you. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.